1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. I'm going to my guest immediately. The latest PragerU video explains Watergate. I can't think of anybody who, who could do a better job than my colleague and friend Hugh Hewitt, who is heard on many, many of the same stations as I am. In fact, Hugh Hewitt is on more than a few occasions, and indeed I am, confused with him. Uh, our white hair glasses, uh, completely white complexion, almost white supremacist white. That's how white.
0: You know, that's going to be taken out of context there, Dennis. That <laughs> Never say that on the radio.
1: <laughs> I have such contempt for them that I mock them with the ease with which I breathe. Hugh Hewitt oh. is, uh, among other things, a scholar of the Nixon era. And he has made a uh, the five-minute videos which we feature each week. This week it is about Watergate. I promise you that in 99% of your cases you will learn a great deal from this video. So first of all, congratulations on a fine video.
0: Well, Dennis, thank you. I, I have to begin instead of uh, of having fun with you by just simply saying Prager you is an amazing thing, and a million people have watched this five minutes since. PragerU released it yesterday, and that's a million people who know something about Watergate that they did not know before. Which is probably uh, the context, the the complete narrative, the whole story, or at least an introduction by which they might judge it. So PragerU is doing amazing work. And when I visited the PragerU studios, which make Tony Stark's house in Iron Man look small, people have to understand that 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 PragerU is a vast industrial complex of truth, and it. it but it's. Fastness will overwhelm. Moreover, the average age there is 22, I think. It's, you've got the youngest group of people
1: working there. I'm, I'm just imp- so impressed with it. Thank you. Well, the, they were impressed with you. When I uh, visit it, I get a, a big burst of enthusiasm over the future because it's a dark age in American life today. And uh, going there is exactly as you described it.
0: So, so you're bending the
1: curve. You're bending the curve. Uh, When you you. can get
0: a million people to watch a Watergate video in one day, Hmm. you know, the library is reopened in your Belinda. We couldn't have timed it better because it's been closed for a long time now. It's reopened after 15 months. And we can have that library open for five years and get a million people to go through the Watergate exhibit and study it. Uh, Or we can do a Prager YouTube
1: video and reach a million people in
0: a day. It's astonishing. Right.
1: Well, thank you for saying all of that. Uh, we, uh, okay, we, we, we touch a lot of people, and we want to touch more. So everybody thinks, if you, I'll, I'll let you answer this. You asked an average American, what is Watergate? We use Watergate always, or something gate. What happened at Watergate? What would they answer?
0: Uh, a terrible political scandal that Nixon had to resign over. Interesting. That's what they'll say. That, that and would, that's it. Right,
1: that would be it.
0: But. That would be it. And it's true. That is not an untrue statement. It was a terrible political scandal for which Richard Nixon had to resign. But what you can do in five minutes is explain relative to other scandals, relative to the times, relative to the hatred with which Nixon was held. It was partly anti-communism. It had a lot to do with Elder Hiss. Mostly it's about the media. Um, uh, One thing I, I didn't say on the video, it hadn't happened when we made it, is I talked about Watergate with former President Trump. And he asked me the same question a lot of people, would, would Nixon have survived in the media environment of today? And the answer would be yes. There would be talk radio, there would be Fox News, there would be um, uh, Twitter, there would be alternative points of view, and he would have survived like Trump did. You know, bruised, but unbowed.
1: That's very interesting. I, didn't, I would not have expected that response. The, there, that's true. Look, there are more old, powerful alternative media today. That that's that's a very in, intelligent observation. So I, I, your video did not explain, and, 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 nor did it have to. So I have had a question all of my life since it happened. Why did they do? Why did they rob? Or why did they even enter the Democratic National Committee offices?
0: You and Richard Nixon. Uh, he is said to have thrown an ashtray across the room. I can't corroborate that even with the library at my disposal when he heard about it because it's so stupid. G. Gordon Liddy, the worst hire in the history of the Nixon administration, was hired by a guy named Bud Crow. And G. Gordon Liddy fancied himself a super sleuth and a super agent and a hard bitten G man. And he had been an FBI man. And he cooked it up. And John Mitchell should have shot it down, thought he did. But G. Gordon Liddy carried it out on his ab initio. He did it himself. There's some question whether or not John Dean knew about it before it happened, but, but G. Gordon Liddy invented this idea. And he thought he was going to find something of use, but it's the dumbest thing in the world because nothing is at the headquarters of the party. Everything is at the headquarters of the candidate. And so if you're going to do an actual break-in for the purposes of political chicanery or intelligence gathering, not that it should ever be done, but if you were doing it in Turkey, say, or in Russia, you wouldn't go... The campaign. You wouldn't go to the party headquarters. You go to the candidate's headquarters. It was dumb. That's what G. Gordon Liddy thought he'd find something. There's an alternative view out there that I don't quite believe about what John Dean sent him there to get. But it, whatever it was, it was a dumb, stupid idea, and it cost Nixon a second term.
1: It was. Tell me if, if I'm right. It was particularly stupid given Richard Nixon's astonishing victory. In the, in the previous presidential election. It's not like this was a man grasping for power.
0: That's an exponential uh, stupid level, because it happened before the 72 election, and McGovern was on his way to the nomination, and he was a sure win. And Nixon what might not have known he was going to win 49 states, but he'd gone to China. He'd secured the peace with Vietnam. He'd had detente with the Soviet Union. He was going to win in a walk, and so there was no need to go to an empty office to break in, to put a bug that didn't work. Uh, and Nixon, uh, every historian, even the most critical historians of Nixon, do not believe he knew before the break-in that it was coming. He, he had no knowledge. He did participate in the cover-up. That's why he was eventually, in, or wasn't quite impeached, but was going right, to Right, which leads me to
1: the gone. next question. What if he had said, which uh, seems to me to have not been that difficult, God, was that stupid? I had no idea of this. Uh, and uh, these people uh, need to be investigated, and if necessarily, and if necessary, punished. What would have happened?
0: Uh, he would have gotten, you know, forty verbal lashes from the Washington Post and the New York Times, and it would have been over. I make that point in the Prager PragerU video right. that had right. he simply owned it, as we say, uh, it would have been over. Uh, and he was already elected, so there would have been no downside. But in those days, surrounded by the media that had hounded him since 1950 forward. I don't think he was uh, sufficiently confident to do that or to, uh, to trust that he would get a fair hearing from Sirica, who is the judge we talk about in the Pray to you video as well, uh, because it's not only the political process, there was a criminal process underway, and Sirica was doing whatever he could to get
1: as many heads on the wall as he could. So what prevented Richard Nixon from saying what I just said and what you said in the video? Uh,
0: I I, I don't know. I think it's because Richard Nixon did not believe that it would stop there. You know, he eventually asked for Haldeman and Ehrlichman's resignation with the famous explanation, David Frost, I gave my enemies a sword and they used it. I had to get rid of my senior staff. I didn't do it soon enough. All of that were bad decisions every step of the way that he did not focus on at any given point and simply transparently say and he knew that. He said so in his memoirs. His fault, his bad call, a genius with a blind spot. And that blind spot was driven by a very accurate awareness of what the media would do with any confession of weakness. But he still nevertheless he should have done that. Um not burn the tapes. That's the other question we get, why didn't he burn the tapes? And Too much of a historian, too much of an eye on history to have burned the tapes. They're fascinating. But he could have just said, my bad. Uh, My campaign people got out of control. They're all fired. The FBI should prosecute the people who organized it. Just basically what we're saying about the people who invaded the Congress on January 6th. They're all criminals. They all ought to be prosecuted to the extent that they are are culpable uh, for whatever crime they are charged with. And that's it. That's the only answer, but he didn't give it.
1: You uh, depict a man who was hounded by the media his entire career, and you give a very interesting reason other than politics like anti-communism, and that is that he was not part of the elite. I think that that's a very significant part of your video, and uh, when we come back, I'd like you to... uh, expound on. I'm speaking to Hugh Hewitt, who's a scholar at the Nixon Library, aside from being a professor of constitutional law and a nationally syndicated radio talk show host on the Salem Network. The video is up at dennisprager.com. It is a perfect example of a video we put up that has zero political intent. It just wishes to educate all three eighty four. All right, everybody. Dennis Prager here with my colleague Q Hewitt, who is a, a, a Nixon historian or a sto- historian of Richard Nixon's era. He's with the Nixon Library, which you should all visit. Whatever you think of Richard Nixon, it is a wonderful presidential library. Been there many many times, and what is your role at the Nixon Library? I am the president and
0: CEO, and a member of the board and the general council. And I clean up after people who come; I have leave Cheeto wrappers around. I, yeah, you know, Dennis, can I? Before I run out of space, I got to tell you, I'm so astonished by the number of people who have visited Bragger U to watch the Nixon video in one day—a million people—because during the break. I was reading about Amazon's purchase of MGM uh, announced this morning for $8.5 billion. And they're doing that to get eyeballs. And everybody competes for viewers. And I think to myself, if they got a show to be watched, you know, a million people at Craig or U yesterday has more than watched all of CNN yesterday. And so it's just <laughs> astonishing what you've done. And someday, I know you're not for profit. I want to thank all the people who donate to keep PragerU going because it matters to the future of the country and, and people should and ought to include Prager University in their giving and they ought to plan for them in their estates. They ought to do all that stuff because if it's worth doing now, it's worth doing for the next 50 years. But I am amazed that Netflix or Amazon or it you know, Apple TV hasn't approached you to run a Prager channel uh, you know, or a
1: Prager program. Has that
0: happened yet?
1: <laughs> uh, it's hard to imagine it happening uh, uh, Netflix would not even stream No Safe Spaces because I was in it with Adam Carolla. You're not serious. I'm totally serious. Netflix is as corrupt as the rest of them. That's nuts. I mean, just from a, a I value know. perspective. B- but I, I, true believers don't care about money. Leftism I mean, that, is a religion. Nuts. Would 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 a, would a Catholic change his view on abortion for a, a, a sum of money? No. Would, no. a, would, a, would a leftist to change for a sum of money? No.
0: Yes. You know, this is where we disagree. I always think money will drive, eventually will drive then the creation of an alternative network. Like Fox ought to have the Prager Show running six videos in a half hour every day. Even if they only run it at, at after prime time or before prime time, they ought to have the Prager Video Show. Because that's an astonishing audience. Yeah. You know that. And you do it happens every time, right? That's right. Oh, every time. Right. Oh, every time.
1: Every, exactly. And, I mean, even my podcast, The Fireside Chat, is three-quarters of a million minimum each week. And they don't even know about your ornithology, Jones. My ornithology what?
0: Well, I understand you just got back from chasing the Russian rare green shark. Yes. How
1: did, I didn't know you knew that. That is correct. In well, fact, I know.
0: A, I have there was
1: a new bird. Fox. It's it's called the, the Prager hawk.
0: No, it's the Russian rare green shank. I read all about it. There's a Prager uh, uh, What's Dennis Up To website that I keep track of. I would like to announce
1: to the public, there is no colleague of mine that can stay serious with me for more than 10 minutes. It it is not possible. (laughs) (laughs) I I bring out the absurd... In virtually everyone I talk to, <laughs> that that will be how I am remembered. <laughs> well, then people will remember you fondly. Yes, then, I agree with you. I, I yeah, have no problem insane. with that. It makes
0: people happy. The By the way, y-
1: you don't know, I actually did, uh, either this week or last week, I actually broadcast a story about how the American Ornithological Association is dropping all of the names of birds because a lot of the names belong to white supremacists. I did not hear that. Yes,
0: story. yes. But, you know, I I'm not surprised. I'll tell you why. The the battle commission or the the base renaming commission, of which I approve by the way, I don't believe bases should be named for some of these Confederate uh, uh, generals like Fort Hood, etc. but they are going to rename the destroyer the Antietam, or at least they're talking about it. The Antietam was a Union victory. <laughs> I don't understand that. That's right. I don't understand it. it. I don't either. It doesn't make it's. It's sort of. Uh, it's not. It's beyond Orwellian. It's gone into a sort of right. madness that cycles and spirals, which is why I think pra- you know, isn't that part of the success of Prager? Is that enough people? Not Prager Dennis, but Prager. No, I know you. what you
1: understood. Yeah,
0: yeah. That that they they just need to go somewhere to actually get a baseline of facts. That's what I did the Watergate video for, just give people a baseline right. context. For yes.
1: Me. Do you know with all the attack pieces on us, when it's now approaching 500 videos, they cannot cite one line in one video that, to condemn You. That's how seriously uh, uh, we take the task of being truthful and being sober. And people here. But when did you when did you ever become a lightning round? I mean I've been on the road with you for
0: 30 years doing events and we've done a hundred shows 200 500 shows together you've never said anything remotely controversial other than you are a political conservative and a, and a man of the right but so is Edmund Burke I mean so is Clarence Thomas so is is every great conservative why do they not like Dennis Prager now are you actually
1: being canceled? Yes, uh, there are even just PragerU, not just me. But you, you, you don't know the great story of when I testified in the Senate. Uh, oh, I
0: saw that. I played that, but I <laughs> I, I thought that was a one off, a one. No,
1: no, 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 no. There, there are at least a hundred PragerU videos that are still on on the restricted list. If you if you filter out pornography and violence, you cannot see those particular videos. And if you look at the list, not one belongs on it. And we're shadow banned. It's a very serious problem for us and for all all conservative media.
0: Well, then you'll like Ron DeSantis. I'm at the Republican Governors Association today and tomorrow broadcasting in Nashville. And Governor DeSantis will be here. And he signed a law prohibiting uh, political points of view in common carrier platforms, which... I will applaud, it's probably not constitutional, I will applaud if they expand it even more to provide that it doesn't just govern political speech because that's where it's going to have a a First Amendment failure. But but you began to ask me about Nixon, and I think maybe the animus against Dennis Prager is not unrelated to the animus against Richard Nixon in the media, which is if you take on uh, sacred cows, the cows never forget. And Nixon took on his exposed Hiss as a communist, and the Eastern Establishment never forgot and never forgave. Alger Hiss was their fair-haired boy. And the Eastern Establishment is, of course, Manhattan Beltway Media Elite, as fueled by Harvard, Yale, and the other Ivies into their little cloistered village of influence that is Manhattan and and Beltway bound. Uh, And now they've got annexes in Silicon Valley and and Hollywood. But I don't even think this is disputable anymore, Dust.
1: That's right, it isn't. Hey, listen, we'll do a part two. You're terrific, and the video is terrific. Great to well, talk Prager, to you, you, you. terrific. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. We're going to use some of his comments uh, for fundraising. <laughs> I, I didn't expect a word about it, uh, my dear friends, to be honest. But you will learn a lot on the Watergate video by Hugh Hewitt at PragerU. Mr. Prager, we'll start with you. Microphone. Ah, uh, okay. Do I get my. You would think five? a radio host would know how to. You do would. It. You would. Don't you get tired of commercials screaming at you to buy gold now with inflated promises on future values? In an unregulated industry, you need honest, real experts to give you solid advice to protect your wealth and top picks on the best coins and bullion. As environmental policy becomes a hot topic, one precious metal that's been significantly undervalued for years is potentially set to surge. Nick Grovitch, owner of Amfed Coin and Bullion, has long recommended this precious metal. Up to 600,000 ounces of this rare metal will be needed by 2030 to produce green hydrogen. Nick is doubling down on this pick, and you should too. Call Nick at Amfed Coin and Bullion to find out more. I've been friends with Nick for years, and he's my go-to guy when it comes to coins and bullion. I trust him. That's a very big statement, by the way. Call Nick at 800-221-7694, 800-221-7694, AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. I'm Dennis Prager, and I welcome you to the show that is named after me. Yes, we had an entire uh, group of people working. We paid some consultants, come up with a name for the show many years ago. And that's what they decided. Yesterday, I reported to you that I had read, I don't remember the first source. What was the first source from which? Human Events. Human Events, a conservative website. And they said that it appears that some American embassies were displaying the BLM flag, Black Lives Matter flag. Of course they would be encouraged. I don't think they did it on their own. Encouraged by the State Department to do so. Fair enough. And I remember, of course I remember, it was yesterday. (laughs)
0: You
1: remember it like yesterday. I remember it as if it were yesterday. That's right. Saying, I I can't confirm this. I'm reading this in human events, but I just want to say for the record, I can't fully confirm this. You have to understand, it's hard for me to find something unbelievable, or not unbelievable, difficult to believe. The rot in the top of American life is so deep that I haven't yet wrapped my mind around it. Uh, Until a couple of years ago, I admired all of of the institutions of America. The, the CIA, the FBI, and uh, the uh, the State Department. I knew the State Department had positions that I didn't share. It's always been true. Nevertheless, I I did not think that anti-American, the anti-American rot of the left, had seeped into the State Department. These are people who are supposed to represent our country, not represent enemies of our country. And yet it turns out embassies around the world, not all, did in fact display the anti-American, America is a cesspool flag called Black Lives Matter, which is a thuggish, fascist, hating organization. It's a hate group, okay? BLM is a hate group, period. If you don't know that, there's something wrong with you. State Department unfurls Black Lives Matter flags. Washington Examiner. U.S. diplomats unfurl Black Lives Matter banners to commemorate the first anniversary of George Floyd's murder. By the way, once again, the whole thing is all made up by the lying media. All made up. The whole thing. George Floyd was not killed because he was black. It has nothing to do with it. This was stated by the Attorney General of Minnesota, who is black and who is on the left, Keith Ellinson. He had zero reason to prosecute uh, De- uh, Derek Sh- Chauvin. Was uh, this a hate crime? I wouldn't call it that
0: because hate crimes are crimes where there's an explicit motive and uh, of bias. We don't have any evidence that Derek Chauvin
1: factored in uh, George Floyd's race as he did what he did. Okay, that's it. That's the Attorney General, black Democrat far left uh, on, on, the, uh, on, the, on the trial, on the whole episode with George Floyd, had nothing to do with race. How do you like that, folks? Nothing. Just like Ferguson had nothing to do with race. Nothing. We live in a world of lies. BLM is a lying organization. U.S. diplomats unfurled Black Lives Matter banners to commemorate the first anniversary of George Floyd's murder. As Secretary of State Anthony Blinken launched a public relations campaign to condemn racism at home and abroad. That's what we need in, in a, in a, in a, in a uh, foreign minister. What do we call our foreign ministers? Secretary of State. Yes. This is what he said, Blinken. The Secretary of State of the United States, the man who represents America to the world. On the anniversary of George Floyd's murder, we remember that to be a credible force for human rights around the world, we must face the reality of racism at home. What's he talking about? It is the greatest lie since the blood libel against the Jews. I I wrote about this years ago. This is the second greatest national lie in history that America is racist. Okay? The Democrats and the New York Times and Yale... And your kids' public school perpetrate the greatest lie since Jews killed Christian children to use their blood to bake matzah for Passover. That's how big the lie is. 1-8 Prager 776. Hi everybody, you're listening to the Dennis Prager Show and Philip in Chicago. Hello.
0: Hi Dennis. Um I listen all the time quietly. I, you know, I'm sitting here thinking um race has nothing to do with races. Nothing to do with race. I talk about race all the time. That's like that's like a holocaust denier. You sound more and more like a racism denier to me. Every
1: time that I am a racism denier. The- I, I hey, you're right. I know I, but I, are you but again. It's, it's, it's a lie, the- lie that America's is racist. racist. Okay. That's my claim. It's a lie that America's racist. Okay, but but when
0: it comes but when it comes to the Holocaust,
1: oh, wait—the Holocaust, to the Holocaust, the life, Holocaust occurred. Are
0: some of the most vile people that you can find on the planet? So, as a black man, so as for for you as a Jew, but for me as a black man, when you sit up there and just deny race, uh, racism had nothing. Uh, slavery had nothing to do with racism.
1: Did I ever say that? Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Did I, I ever racism. say that? Either retract it, or I'm hanging up.
0: No, no, we don't have to hang did up. I gonna, say, gonna, uh, uh, did, uh, did I ever say? Did I ever say? Sl-
1: Okay, if you don't listen to me, I'm hanging up again. You can't have a monologue. Did I ever say, hint, or imply that racism had nothing to do with slavery? It you, All right, bye. Okay, it's too bad. I, you know how often this happens? They don't want a dialogue. For a man to actually believe that I said that, sl- that racism had nothing to do with slavery? You know how sick a mind I just spoke to? How perverted a mind? I rarely insult the listeners, even those who differ with me. That is sick. To say that America is not racist is not the same as to say that slavery was not racist. Whew. I'll tell you this, if there are many people of any color who think like my last caller, uh, the, the prognosis for this country is, is not uh, a happy one. What kind of mind would make up something so stupid? Is there anyone, literally anyone, in America who denies that slavery was connected to racism? Even racists would acknowledge it. (laughs) They would just think it was a good thing. (laughs) How How does somebody with those thoughts Get to those thoughts. I don't know. Anyway, it's educational. Back to the State Department. Our uh, Secretary of State, on the anniversary of George Floyd's murder, we remember that to be a credible force for human rights around the world, we must face the reality of racism at home. Yeah, so... We can't really condemn Iran or China, because after all, we are a systemically racist country. This is the the American representative to the world, the, the Secretary of State. He wrote that on Twitter, and it had an accompanying video. By addressing our shortcomings openly and honestly, we live up to the values we stand for worldwide. By calling America systemically racist, Mr. Blinken, all we do is undermine our credibility around the world. The enemies of America, the enemies of liberty, love you and love the American left. The American left are the allies of the enemies of America because they are enemies of America. Not liberals, not liberals, not liberals. I said it three times. Liberals enable the left to attain power. Because they're so naive. And they've been so brainwashed to believe that the the danger is from the right. You know, I've mentioned this maybe 20 years ago. It's been a long time since I mentioned this. Maybe 10 years ago. So, starting in my sophomore year in high school, I started to collect books. I I don't mean old books. I mean just buy books. I loved being surrounded by books, and I loved books. And I remember once my dear friend did the same thing. And he said, so how many books are you up to? I said, 32. I just remember for whatever reason when I had 32 books. And I remember one of them, because it was prominent on my bookshelf. I even remember what color the book was. The book was Danger on the Right. Actually, could you look it up? Danger on the right. It, it was put out by a, 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 a bunch of professors uh, working for some distinguished organization, and I believed it then too. Whoa, danger on the right. Foster and Epstein. That's right. But they they were with uh, some uh, some group with some, uh, it was, I don't know, some anti-discrimination league or something. But that was the book, Danger on the Right. And liberals have never changed their view of life. The danger is on the right. Hey, by the way, for all those who thought it was a great idea to bring in a million folks from the Middle East into Europe and any number into America... And watching Jews being beaten up by Muslims uh, or Muslim supporters uh, in uh, in the United States and elsewhere, still think it was a great idea? You know, people uh, who come to countries bring their values with them. And do you know that the Middle East is saturated with Jew hatred? I mean real the real deal Jew hatred, Nazi-like, exterminationist type. Kill the Jews. Death to the Jews. That's a very common chant. Not to the Israelis. They don't give a damn about the word Israel, as my my column this week points out, and as my Fox News appearance last week, which was fairly ubiquitous on the internet noted, the battle in, in the Middle East is not over land, it has never been over land. For many Muslims, there is no place for a Jewish state in the Middle East, period. End of issue. It's not about land, it's about religion. Israel is the size of New Jersey. Arabs have land from the Atlantic Ocean to the Persian Gulf. There are 22 Arab states. One of them has a majority Palestinian population, Jordan. So please, don't buy the lie that it is about land. If Israel were the size of Manhattan, they'd try to exterminate it. These are the unpleasant truths of the world in which we live. I'm Dennis Prager. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Dave in Milwaukee. Hello.
0: Yes, you just said that, of course, races, uh, slavery is based on racism, correct?
1: Correct. And since
0: America had slaves since 1619 until the Civil War, and then Jim Crow laws for 100 years after that, that is why America is racist. You can't have it both ways.
1: All right. Listen, I want to thank I mean, you for calling. Races- okay, I have nothing to add. Uh, Every word you said is correct. Jim Crow is racist, and so is slavery. We're living in 2021, not 1960 or 1860. I, I I don't know why that is a complex issue, my friends, unless you just want to smear a country and hate it. This is the best country on earth for a black human being to live in. Okay? That's my assertion. And guess who agrees with me? Tens of millions of Africans who would like to move here and millions who did move here. Everyone who says is systemically racist is saying that every black African who moves to America is an idiot, right? The Jews moved to Germany in 1930. Any Jews, a big, big migration movement of Jews into uh, Germany in the 1930s? Why not? Because they knew it was a Jew-hating country. People don't move into a country that hates them. <laughs> See? The war is not just against America. It is against reason. It is against basic truths of life. The left is so corrupt that it corrupts truth. Do you understand, folks? If you don't, it's because you don't want to. That is why, in, in increasingly, they are saying that there are no right answers in math. This is a left-wing position. That is what kids in Oregon are starting to learn. Read about the Oregon Education Department. The idea that there is one right answer in math is white supremacist. Get it? It's a white idea, which is exactly what the Ku Klux Klan believes. Only whites get math right. The left and the Ku Klux Klan are the two biggest racist things in America, but the Ku Klux Klan is tiny and the left is gigantic. What is, that's that's my new riddle. What is the difference between the left and the Ku Klux Klan with regard to race? The left is much larger and more dangerous. That is it, my new riddle. There you go. It's my third riddle. I've made up three riddles in my life. Okay, everybody, the good news is you have the male-female hour. By the way, those of you subscribing to Pregatopia, beginning in a week or two a major major new development in the in my show i will have long form interviews every week just for pragatopia subscribers pragatopia.com